This is the Pathways to Greatness podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Forrester. What if you were able to collapse time on learning all the valuable success life skills that you've learned over the past 10, 20, 30 years. Well, at Highlight Coaching and Consulting, that's exactly what we do. We focus on coaching teens and young adults the valuable success life skills that we've all had to figure out over decades of our life. Our mission statement at Highlight is, it's our mission to equip youth with an undeniable sense of clarity and direction that inspires a lifetime of confidence, resilience, and continuous improvement. We offer in-person and virtual options to our one-on-one private coaching, as well as group coaching. And after working with a coach from Highlight, our clients have a better understanding of their mission, their vision, their values for their life, and a higher proficiency in the skills of time, task, and distraction management, just to name a few. So the other thing that's great about Highlight is we have multiple coaches that you and your young person can choose from because a connection is so important and building trust is where it all begins. So if you're looking to help your teen and your young adult get further in life a lot faster, reach out to Highlight Coaching and Consulting today. The information is in the show notes below. This episode, it's a little different than what you might be normally used to for a early week episode, my Tuesday's episodes. And to be completely honest, it's because I got behind. <laughs> I did a really good job in 2023 staying ahead of the curve around having um, a lot of conversations recorded and uploaded. And um, the beginning of the year, I got behind and I had some travel and some different things come up that prevented me from getting ahead, but rest assured um, that will all get taken care of in the coming weeks. I've got um, a lot of guests scheduled to record, so I'm excited about those. And in all honesty, I'm excited about this one because technically it is a conversation. Harry Spate and I had a a wonderful time having a back and forth conversation because we were leading a workshop around time management. We host virtual Uh, workshops from time to time around different tactical things to help people level up and um, unleash more of their potential with, and then this conversation, it's around time management and it's not instructional by nature per se, but it is, um, we have some tips and tactics that we use and that we struggle with um, also on how to manage our calendar and get control of it. So I hope this is helpful for you. And if you like this type of episode, let me know and I can continue to do these to equip you, add value to you, not just from a conversation perspective and hearing from other people, but would these type episodes help you do more and be more in your life in 2024? So hope you enjoy. Well, Harry, it's good to see you. And uh, tonight we are going to start our conversation around time management. So when you hear time management, what do you think of? I think of uh, going back in time to the days where I did not want anything to do with managing my day and I'm a free spirit, really liked freedom. 
and just kind of doing things haphazardly, I learned over the years that is not the best way to approach your day or your week or your month or really your life for that matter. So it's a work in progress for me, but I'm really interested in this conversation, Jeff, so uh, we can benefit ourselves, me primarily, and <laughs> those who are listening in. So I'll, I'm going to be a little selfish here on that. Yeah, what's funny about it, and I was thinking while you were talking, is that I think I've been obsessed with time, maybe an unhealthy obsession since I was young, because I always paid attention to like when certain TV shows were on, you know, because back then we didn't have on demand. You had, if you wanted to watch a cartoon that started at 6 a.m., you had to set your clock. And so I would plan my day around the TV. So I, I feel like that TV guide started my obsession with time management. <laughs> the TV guide, uh, for those of you too young to know, this little journal that showed up in your mailbox every week where you could get it at the grocery store it had all four channels and the shows. I can go back to the uh, early 70s with a TV guide and uh, all in the family and some crazy shows like the Jeffersons or whatever. <laughs> oh, those were great. The, the concept though is the same. And that's what I, let's talk about that. And I want people to understand that are watching or listening is that you plan around certain things. So we can talk about TV shows. You can talk about events. And what was great about the TV guide is it told you when things were going to happen. There was a specific show that you wanted to watch. You knew what time it was on the half hour. So every half hour, you knew what was going to come on. And so then therefore you backwards engineered your day to say, what do I need to do to get everything done in time to sit down in front of the TV? Yes. Well, so I think like in today's world, a lot of solopreneurs, coaches, entrepreneurs, we're constantly running because of what our clients want. And we typically will say things like, uh, what's good for you and give them the choice. And that can really wreak havoc with a, a calendar, with a schedule. So what's your thought on that? Is there, is there a way to control the calendar like that even? There is, it's really hard. And I'm a victim of at least the last probably four months of 2023. And it's happened before, it ebbs and flows, but of allowing my calendar to run my day mm. instead of me running my day. And anytime that I do that, my anxiety level goes to the roof and I never feel like I'm really fully in charge, which is a control issue. It also creates, to me, inefficiencies that I'm not able to get certain things done because for me, what goes out the window, my workouts, my my time, my quiet time, different things because I'm allowing other people to dictate my day. Mm. Yeah. So as far as your like prioritizing your day, how is it that you go about doing that, Jeff, as far as finding what the priorities are? Yeah, so really, really good topic. So let me go ahead and 
share my screen. So for those that are just listening, this will be a challenge, but those of you who are watching will be able to see it. Now I just have to find the correct page. I think it is this one. Nope. Right now screen sharing folks. Yep. If I can find the correct screen, that's the problem okay. when you have too many screens that are, <laughs> that are there. And then it doesn't. Before I do that, one second. So why don't you talk about time while I find yeah. it? I mean, like, uh, so one of the things that I've done over the past couple of years is try to make time earlier in the day for me. Um, getting up earlier. I used to, I mean, I was years and years in the commuting world. So sleep until as late as I could possibly sleep, which was when I was living in Washington, DC, that was like 545, grab them, take the morning shower, grab a cup of coffee, get dressed and hit the road. So I was out the door by 6.15. So I could wake up and in a half an hour, I'd be on the road. Now, bringing that into the entrepreneurial world, it's a little different because maybe the commute's not there, but I've learned that I want to make time for myself in the morning for you know, uh, work on myself primarily so that I have a good attitude. I'm continuing to learn self-education and so forth. So Looks like you got your screen up here, Jeff. I do. Thank you. And so we were talking about prioritizing time. So what I'd like to do is just to break down a little bit more around time management. And I found this quote and it says, procrastination is the foundation of all disasters. And that's Pandora. And I'm not going to try to pronounce the last name. Uh, Poikilos, maybe? Uh, Close enough. And, and I'm... a uh, big believer in this. And I am guilty of procrastination, but over the years, I've really worked very diligently to try to get things done when they're supposed to be done. And that comes down to what you shared about prioritization. So the, I have numbers on the screen. So those of you who are listening, I have 1, 24, 14, 40, and 86, 400. Harry, what do you think those numbers represent? Uh, I'm going to go with days, hours, minutes, and seconds. And you're a winner. <laughs> a winner. So, so these are finite numbers that every single person on the planet has. And how we utilize the seconds, minutes, hours, and the day is up to us on how we want to plan that. So where does all my time go? So when we are thinking about our time, we have to figure out where it goes. So what I recommend, this goes back to what you just asked a minute ago, Harry, is around how do you know and how do you prioritize? So for me, when I look at where does my time go, just like when you're trying to get your health in order, you do an audit of the day. Just sit down. Again, just write down what you do all day and how long you do it for. And over time, you'll that day you'll start to see where there's potentially gaps or inefficiencies in your calendar. So I don't feel like until you do this, 
that I can really get a grasp of what is my day consisting of, what do I need to prioritize and what do I need to cut out? Now, have you done an audit of your day before? No, I haven't. So I'm liking this already. So one of the things, and I learned this when I was going through my John Maxwell coaching, and I can send it to anybody that wants to, it's called the 15 minute miracle. Hmm. Now, if you have anxiety, that may not be the best exercise for you because the exercise is to document every 15 minutes of what you do. I just encourage you to look at what, look at the blocks of time by the actual action that you're taking. So you talked about commuting earlier. So if you're commuting, write down when you get in the car, write down when you get out and start to figure out, okay, where, where is my time spent? You should be able to account for all 24 hours or at least get really, really close. Mm. So would you say, what would you think, Harry, for you, like how much time would you say is involved in like commuting, eating, doing something that is necessary, but not necessary, not specifically productive? Yeah. So commuting, I mean, is probably an hour a day for some. I mean, I used to commute three hours a day. Um, you know, the time to eat was probably a couple of hours. Um, if I added breakfast and lunch together, and then of course dinner. So maybe two hours a day. So that right there for me was five hours out of my day. But I think most people are probably in a 30 minute or so commute. You know, and then as they go through the day, you can figure out it's like, well, how much time am I taking on coffee breaks or just I think the big temptation for many of us is when we get to the point where I just want to procrastinate and not do anything. I'm going to say what's going on in social media. And if I'm not careful, I am an hour into scrolling and that is just very detrimental for me emotionally. I just feel like I just just shot the day for doing something stupid. So I have to be very careful about uh, protecting my time there. It goes back to what I when we talked about health. I feel like everybody can have they can relate to that because everybody's most likely tried to get their diet in order and get things figured out. So I would say the scrolling or anything that you would consider non-productive. Now that doesn't mean driving to work or eating or anything of that nature, but something that's truly non-productive and not benefiting you in the day would be like eating a donut. It's right. great, but you have remorse after you do it, depending on how good the donut is. Yeah, But usually it's, you know, you shouldn't be doing it while you're in the act of doing it. And that's where this audit comes into play is you're able to start to identify those and just be aware because what may happen is while you're doing this audit and this is where you, it's, it has to be full of integrity because you're the only one that's going to see it unless you have an accountability partner is you may go scrolling on Instagram an hour and a half. Well, normally you may have done that later in the day as well. But now that you've written it down, you're like, I don't want to write this thing down. Just like you don't want to write the donut down. Mm -hmm. So you, you avoid the donut. Yeah. Good point. So this creates a lot of self-awareness.
Yeah, that's great. So just like what we talked about a second ago is knowing where your time is being spent, let me hide this, um, is first step necessary to being more effective, efficient, and productive. So prioritizing. So you talked about this. So the quote that's on the screen is one always has time enough if one will apply it well. Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. And I like that one because, again, we talked about we all have the same amount of hours, minutes, and seconds in a day. It's how well you're going to use those to get it done. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the I was reading this post on social media. So I post every day. So the temptation is there because I'm posting for marketing purposes every day. I had the time pretty much set as to when I want to do that. The challenge is once I post not to scroll. And one person I follow is Alex Hermosi. And he was talking about, I mean, he's quite the influencer. And he was talking about, he's like, what if you had 129 days to pursue your dream job or your dream business? while you're getting paid full-time and you know the funny thing was he says that's everybody because every full-time job is 40 hours a week you have your weekends and then you have your vacation time and holidays so it's funny how people will say and i've said this before oh i just don't have time to do it but you don't see the people who are crushing it the people who are super busy, super entrepreneurs ever complain about not having enough time. It's, it's the people who are not real productive in their time that are saying they don't have, you know, they don't have enough time, which is crazy, isn't it? It's like super healthy people don't complain about that they have to eat healthy, that it's so difficult right. to eat healthy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I want to be one of those people. Me too. Me right, too. Where we just say, I've got the time, I've got it mapped out. And so what are some steps that we can take here, Jeff, to help us to kind of prioritize and map things out? That's where we're going. Exactly. And it was just like you were saying earlier about how, you know, when your calendar runs you, you don't feel pro as productive. You just found, feel really busy and crazy. So prioritizing this is what I try my best to do. I'm not going to preach that I'm perfect at this because I don't always do this well, but I've practiced this enough. My mind goes to this. So this is where, as we go through this next step, I encourage everyone to just have buckets. If it's a sheet of different sheets of paper for each bucket, if it's a different color highlighter, I like using highlighters a list where you have multiple lists, however it works to prioritize until you get your brain into that reaction of asking yourself questions. So when I prioritize, the first thing that I look at, what are the must do things without, they're completely non-negotiable. I have to get this done today or depending on the block of time that I have, I have to do a must do. The next bucket is need to do. 
So there's a difference. Now with you, Harry, when you see must do and need to do, what do you think the difference are in those to you? Uh, urgency comes to mind for me. Right. And that's the same with me is there's stuff that like, I have to pay my bills today. Mm. And then there's need to do is I need to reorganize my desk, something to that <laughs> nature. Right. There's things that you just have to do. Yeah. And then the last one is want to do this one right here traps us all. Mm. And it traps me because that the majority of the time when things go sideways, my want to do is at the top of the list and not my must to do. Mm. So can you think of an example on that, Jeff, where a want to do takes a priority over the must do? Yeah, it could be. Um, I'm trying to think of the best, best example. Like I may, um, what is a, I'm trying to think of a good example that re would relate to everybody. It could be that, you know, I want to go get a massage because <laughs> I, okay. I do, I need to get one, but <laughs> must I get one? Like, should that trump every other thing on my calendar? Mm. Now it may, there right. may be one of those days where I'm so stressed out. I have to do that to get things back in order but more than likely it's a want to do. So for me, if I plan my day right, I've already checked off my must do's, I've checked off my need to do's, and then the want to do and need to do can be interchangeable. So where where I would go wrong is if I say I'm I want to go get a massage, so I'm going to not do the things that I know I must and need to do because I want to do this more. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's so good. So like uh, an example might be uh, our dogs are running out of dog food. There is enough dog food, though, for a couple of days. But I could, right, in my moments of procrastination, maybe there's a, a responsibility I don't want to do. And then I could think, well, I could run to the store right now and I could get some dog food because... The dogs need to eat and, you know, we find, or I find myself, or I used to find myself more doing stuff like that, where it's like, you got to just use some awareness and say, okay, why am I avoiding what I really know is the must do? So I've got this want to do kind of taking over as the priority here. And you bring up a really good example. So there's certain points in time where the need to do's become must do's because you procrastinated. Yeah. So the dog food's a great example is like, Ooh, I really need to go get dog food. And then the next day, Ooh, I really need to get, get dog food. And then that morning where you scoop the last scoop and go, all right, I have to go get dog food because there is no food left. So when you're prioritizing, just be aware of where things fit. <clears throat> And then the last one, it can wait. So these bottom two, if we're all honest with ourselves, and again, you need to be when you're doing this audit and when you're thinking about your prioritizing, can it wait? Mm. It's like, where does it fall in line to can it wait? And I was working with somebody one time where they were just, 
they were frustrated with their desk and they're like, it's just a pile of stuff everywhere. And we utilize the same system of going through. And then there was an extra bucket of it goes in the garbage, Mm -hmm. but they allowed so much stuff to accumulate on their desk. There was things that they had to take care of. Like they were behind on doing things. And so when we went through that, they realized from an anxiety perspective, there weren't as many must to do's as there were need to do. So they had time. They just needed to prioritize and get the must to do's quickly done and then prioritize the need to do based on due dates. I like it. And then time blocking. So this is the next thing that I want to talk about. And when you, for those of you who aren't looking at the screen, it's about dividing your day into specific blocks of time. This helps me manage two valuable resources, time and focus. And this Mm -hmm. is one of the things that we do all the time and highlight with our teenagers and our young adults. This works really well with adults also, because we have bigger blocks of time And then we'll get into time stacking in a minute. So have you utilized time blocking before, Harry? Yeah. So this is a relatively new phenomenon for me, Jeff. I used to work off of a to-do list. And the to-do list was was okay. But I was pretty good at prioritizing what needed to be done. So others, I mean, using a to-do list, you if you're doing something like that, I suggest that you put the actions that need to be done together. And that's kind of what I was doing without necessarily realizing it, you know, being in sales for my adult life, it was what is going to, what are the actions that are going to make money? So actions like making prospecting calls, seeing clients, um, you know, whatever it was, prospecting, seeing clients, those were the priorities because that's what drove revenue. Clearing out my email inbox is something I have never done. Some people are very shocked uh, at that, but I've just never done it because I scan my emails. And if I see that the subject matter is from a stranger, I'm not opening that email. Now there's all kinds of different opinions on that, but I don't get lost in email where like a lot of people spend a ton of time in email and it's like becomes a focus. And I understand that that's just not me. So the time blocking, I was kind of doing haphazardly, but now it's becoming more of a system. So I'm really interested in hearing what you've got on this section here. Yeah, I would say it's the same thing. It's we talked about prioritizing and then I layer prioritizing on top of time blocking just to be able to identify. And there's so many fun podcasts and so many different um, rules of thumb around time blocking. You know, they talk about when we look at time and focus is when you, when there's certain times of day that you feel like your focus is at the best, you're at your a game. That's where you need to block time to, do some of the more important tasks that may require more of your attention. I'm a morning person. So for me, I need to get more of my important things done earlier in the day than later in the day. I start to fade towards the end of the day, the the typical work day. Mm. And I'll have ebbs and flows, 
But so many of us, you talked about being an entrepreneur, if you're in real estate, if you um, have a, a basic nine to five, this time blocking is critical because if you have a family, they require your time and focus as well. And so being able to identify the critical times for each other and using your calendar, using whether it's a paper calendar or an electronic calendar, and we'll get to some of the specifics later, this is where it's a very important to get control of your calendar through time blocking, in my personal opinion. Mm. So what does that look like, Jeff? You know, as far as when, you, when you're time blocking, how much time do you devote to something without necessarily thinking that's a long time of me doing a specific block or work that I may start to lose my momentum or something. Is there any good practices there? Yeah, I think to me, this is so individualized. And this is why I like having conversations like this because everybody can bounce things off of each other and figure out what is going to be the best course of action for them. For me, it's, it's layers of time blocking. So for me, I need to try to get as much of my professional work done while the kids are at school and my wife's at work. I that's my that's one block of time where I say okay, this is where I need to get things done. And then once school is out and my wife gets home, that's more of my family focused time. Mm -hmm. So I'll have two buckets to and they I try my hardest for them not to cross which they yeah. will but that's one intentional time so i have a block this is my work time and then i have block within that and it could be i'm learning things because i haven't read it yet but people have talked about the 12 week year and it's the the theory of however much time you give yourself is how much time it will take to do mm. and so I'm trying to have more calls that are 30 minutes and not the hour standard. Let's block an hour for this conversation when it could take 30 minutes. And if you yeah. do it in 30 minutes, you get, you become more intentional with it. Now I'm also learning that I still will block an hour on my calendar, even if it's only a 30 minute conversation. And I do that to give myself time on either end to, to be able to get other things done or just decompress from the one conversation instead of one right after another. And we've all had those days and then you're just beat by the end of the day. Right. Yeah. I mean, I saw someone recently that their calendar was a 30, 25 minute meeting mm -hmm. instead of 30 minutes. So they gave themselves, they needed five minutes, but still just a little trick like that um, allows you to have a little bit of a break or something. I've, I forgot what the principle is called, but it's work for 25 minute stretches and then take five minute breaks. And there's another one where someone was saying work for 90 minutes straight where you can accomplish a lot in a block in 90 minutes. But I like that 
25 minutes on the stuff that I know it's, it's not pleasant for me to do. Right. So I can say it's, it's 25 minutes. Just go for it on stuff where I can get in a zone. 90 minutes is no problem. Right. And then you look at your watch or your bell goes off and you say, wow, that was 90 minutes already. Like that's, that's where the creativity goes for me, the task stuff. That's where I'm like, okay, I can do this for 25 minutes. Let's go, baby. 25. You can do it, Harry. (laughs) And that's, and that's a really good point that people need to know themselves and be self-aware that if 45 minutes is too long, then do two 25 minute sessions or something. Just figure out what works best. And I know when I work with clients, we talk about that. It's like, well, how long does it take before you start to lose focus? And everybody's a little different, but then we start talking about, and again, we're, we're getting ahead, but that's okay. Is what helps you keep, keep your attention. So you're in that block and some people like, I need something to drink. I need something to eat. I need to be able to have sunlight, just whatever helps you is what you need to utilize. So that way, that time that you've blocked out for whatever task that is, is efficient. And so think to yourself, what are some tactics to help you be more efficient in that time? Yeah, it's great. Um, I don't suggest having your phone up with your you, you know, with the messages going off, you know, the bells, the notifications, you know, so if you are going to put this into practice, I mean, something that's worked for me is to put the phone off and just turn it over, put it away from me so that I can actually focus on what I'm doing. Because that's once you break free, the data out there that shows once you leave a task that you're doing it takes a ridiculous amount of time to get back into it it's like every distraction takes like an additional i don't know if it's 25 minutes it's a long time to get back into the zone that you left because of distraction so turn off the notifications on the phone would be my suggestion and flip the phone over so you're not even glancing at it looking for a screen because that little distraction can derail you and you become a lot less productive. And that's what leads to the lack of productivity. If that's what you really want is productivity. That's a great, great point, Harry. And it's, it's the same thing. It's you have a relationship with your calendar in your day and how healthy that is, is up to you. Just like if you're having a, a, a solid conversation with a friend, what happens when that phone dings, right? You immediately have a distraction. So Um, The slide that's on the screen right now goes right with what Harry had shared is time blocking helps to establish a flow. It helps you minimize distractions and helps maintain control of your day. So again, if, if getting nitty gritty and that 15 minute miracle sounds like it would create panic and chaos for you and anxiety, do hour blocks, two hour blocks, whatever works to help you maintain the control of your day, just like you do breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks could be the same thing of how you manage your day and your time. So time stacking, have you heard this term before? No, do tell. What is this time (laughs) stacking? Are you serious? You haven't heard this before? 
Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, it's okay if you have. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm going to go with no. I'm going to okay. put myself completely vulnerable and say, what the heck is time stacking? Okay, okay. I just wanted to make sure you weren't setting me up. That was all right. Good, though. So time stacking is what we think, at least when you see it. So the visual that's on the screen is you have arrows that build and they're building blocks that go one to two to three to four. And what we mean by time stacking is you're being efficient to look for more ways to accomplish more and less time. So we talked about earlier about your commute to work talked about if you go for a morning walk and if you're not doing your meditation, your prayer, your gratitude um, statements, whatever that may be, that's also time stacking. I want to get into more of the tactical things. If you're in the car and you have time, listening to a podcast while mm -hmm. you're driving is considered time stacking. So you're starting to look for things that you can do that doesn't require, like Harry just said a second ago, your full attention, but you're going to be able to get things done while you're doing something else. So what would be an example in your day, Harry, of something that you could time stack that you can accomplish something and while you're doing something else? <laughs> uh, well, I think, well, the example that you just gave about edu like education, like uh, Automobile University is a line that Zig Ziglar, I think, used a uh, hundred years ago. That would be one. Uh, exercising and listening to a podcast or some motivation would be a way of doing it as well. But I'm also a little concerned, Jeff, about multitasking here because I used to do a lot of multitasking and then I realized through a lot of reading that I wasn't really doing either. So I was terrible at both. So I really started to try to become a little more focused on doing the task at hand and not like, for instance, a simple thing, like people will eat lunch and catch up on emails. That's just, that's not healthy. So taking some time to eat, reflect a little bit, be intentional about eating is healthier than wolfing down food, doing your emails and giving mm -hmm. yourself indigestion. So stuff like that, I'm a little more conscientious of, but what's your thought on that? My yeah. bark here? No, yeah, no, that's a great perspective because we all have to look at these. These are all just concepts and ideas. It's not that thing that, you know what, Harry, you have to start time stacking. Otherwise you're not going to be efficient in your day because- what you're referring to, and I like it, is let me be intentional with my time. If I focus and I sit down and I relax, it may only take me 12 minutes to eat in my 30 minutes that I have for lunch. And it could be that, again, we'll use lunch as time stacking is you're eating and then you get some of your reading in at the same time. So you're utilizing time and you're looking just to be more efficient to accomplish more. So it could be, again, if you are doing laundry or you're doing chores around the house or me, I like when I do chores outside, I listen to a podcast. Mm -hmm. Is Am I as intentional and focused as if I was sitting at my desk with a notepad? No, 
but I don't listen to podcasts like that. That would drive right. me absolutely insane if I just sat down and listened to a podcast. Now, I'd be very intentional and write down a lot of notes, but most podcasts for me are those, they're, they stir ideas. Now, right. books, I have to sit down. Like I've got to focus, be intentional, which is one of the reasons why I probably haven't read many books in the last two years as I'm like we talked about earlier, my calendar has been running my day mm. and I have not been intentional to block time to read as much as I try. Then I start to negotiate the blocks that I've had and like, well, it's just reading time so I can let that go and put a customer conversation here. So then you start going, well, now I'm negotiating the things that I don't want to negotiate. Then that's a whole nother topic. Right. Yeah. But that's where when you time block or in, since to go backwards a little bit is the blocks that you have that you want to keep non-negotiable, make them non-negotiable. If you know you, you need to work out for your sanity or mm. you, you know, you need to go to the gym, you need to go on your walk. You need 30 minutes of quiet time, make that non-negotiable. And if somebody has a meeting that needs to take place during that time, you've got to weigh your options and say, look, I'm busy. You don't have to tell them what you're doing. Just stick to your guns if that's that important and take control of your calendar. Yeah, good point. But I like the perspective that you brought on time stacking because I don't disagree with you. This is just another tactic that can be used to accomplish more in less time. Yeah, that makes sense. So distraction management. So if you're not looking at the screen, it's a, a young lady eating a bowl of cereal, holding her cell phone. You talked about it a second ago, Harry, of the, the problem with distractions that you're not intentional in the things that you're doing. And we are all, all guilty of this. So for me, it's, it's you prepare for what you know will be a challenge for you. So that's that being intentional, like you said, and, and you didn't even know this was the next slide coming up, <laughs> but of saying, I'm going to eat my food in peace and quiet. Yeah. And you'll, the food tastes better. Like you said, you'll feel better. Physiologically, you'll feel better psychologically. And the email's not going anywhere. Right. Yeah, so true. And it probably is, are emails that don't need to be answered. So it goes back to the must do, need to do, <laughs> right. want to do, and It'd be nice. Yeah, it's really good. So this is another self-audit that I like to look at, or what are typical distractions that keep you from being more focused? What what would be some that plague you? I'd say the phone is my biggest challenge. Um, having multiple email addresses is another one i love reading in the highlight um workbook is setting time in your day to do the emails and not just randomly open up and just say i wonder if anyone sent me an email or have a notification go off because you got you know a spam email or something it's just that is a huge waste of time once you're in the email inbox it's not a good use of time generally for me 
Yeah. And you think about back in the day, because I know we were both sales road warriors when there was voicemail that you had to pull over to a yeah. payphone to check. Oh, yeah. Is everybody knew when you left a voicemail, you probably weren't getting a return from anybody for 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, it was at lucky. least going to be a little bit, right? I mean, yeah. right. You expected that it was going to be a little bit. We've we've become into this somehow into this instantaneous response mechanism that's going on. So yeah, good you know, point. Our, our minimum expectation when I was starting in the field was you need to check your voicemail three times a day. Yeah. Morning before you leave the house, lunchtime, and then right at the end of the day. Mm. And you prioritize those. Why do you think doctor's offices and medical offices say, a nurse will return your call within 48 hours. Yeah, right. It's an emergency dial 911. Yeah. So when we talk about distractions, these are tactics that we can do today. And this is something that I plan on doing for 2024, especially with, with emails, but even more, I'm having to work really hard around the little red dot for text messages or emails or phone calls goes back to, do I have to return this phone call right now? Do I have to sit down and quickly respond to this email or text message when I'd be better served to let it sit? And that's all, that's an anxiety problem for me mm -hmm. of seeing that. And I've gotten better where I'm like, okay, I got it. Now I can answer it. Because then there's other people, they read it and then they forget to reply. That's my fear mm. in sales is I'm going to read it that little red dot's going to go away and I'm going to forget to respond. And mm. so that's when, again, we can talk about tactics and things that we do um, towards the end, but distraction management for me is why I also set my own screen time limits on my phone for social media apps. Mm. doesn't mean that I can't ignore them or add 15 more minutes but it's that awareness of, holy smokes, I've already been on this thing for an hour. Yeah. It's good. And so that's where we talk about what can you do to manage them to keep you focused? So this is an internal thing. It's a personal thing that you have to decide what you're willing to do, what you want to do to keep you focused. And this is very, very personal, in my opinion. We can talk about things and I generate brainstorm ideas. But if you're if you're in this place and you don't know how to manage distractions, just start talking to your friends and you guys can come up with some really, really good um, ideas. And then if you're a parent and you're working with your children, you need to practice what you preach. It's not just do as I say, not as I do. But if you're worried about them and I've been called out on it by my kids is I sit there. I'm like, you're just walking through the house, staring at your phone. And then I'll hear dad, you're just walking through the house, staring at your phone. And sometimes it's work related more times than not. It's just me trying to finish this really funny reel on Instagram. <laughs> about somebody falling off of a, a ledge or into water or oh, a crazy man. cat video. Who knows? Uh, I thought it was going to be one of my videos. It would have been a good plug for one of my TikToks or something there, Jeff. But yeah. Well, it's all about harrychat.com. Yeah. <laughs>
we'll do shameless plugs. I'm okay. So this is there again. The next slide is how will managing these distractions serve you and staying more focused have a why. So don't just say, I'm not going to do this, but it's goes back to what can I do if I, what will I be able to accomplish if I eliminate this, what's going to be the productivity that I can put in its place. I think too, is that you want to be, go easy on yourself, not beat yourself up. If you do get distracted and you go down the rabbit hole of, you know, watching harrychat.com videos or Jeff's walk in the park videos, <laughs> you know, they can be distracting a couple of amazing, handsome guys like us. But if you go down that path and you realize I spent too much time, it's not the end of the world. Just get back on the horse and just go forward again, being a little more committed that I'm going to put the phone away for longer and just be on guard that, and I know I'm getting better. Uh, some days, not so much, but generally I feel I'm getting much better on that because I'm more aware of this. So yeah, great point. So this gets into the tactics and this is uh, tools to assist. And so what I put here, and this is again, one of those things that I consider very personalized and individualized. So for instance, calendars, paper, electronic, whatever works, alarms, phone apps, reminders to do, accountability partners, whiteboards, post-it notes. It's absolutely limitless on what you can do to pick that thing that's most important. So for me, and then Harry, I'll find out from yours, I use all of these mm -hmm. <laughs> because for me, there's so many things that I want to make sure that I, I take care of, but it's also a control issue on my part is I have a paper calendar that I highlight. I have an electronic calendar in case my paper calendar is not there. Because mm. for me, my electronic calendar shows me the day. That's what I go into when I'm walking around or I'm doing something to see, okay, what's next? My paper calendar I use to look at my week. I also have a desk calendar that looks at the month. Now, my passion planner that we use at Highlight, now we have our own new planner, but the passion planner, the front of it had month and then the meat of the planner had the week and being very transparent, I would never go to the front because it's in two different sections. So mm -hmm. I would never, I never utilize that, but I utilize a desk calendar a month at a glance on my desk. I also have a whiteboard that gives me ideas of things that I need to get done. So it's like a to-do list there. I use the reminder app on my phone because I can set dates and times when it should go off to make sure I get it done. And then I use alarms that I personalize the label. So it's a, a lot of stuff. Now, what do you do, Harry? Uh, none of that. <laughs> 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 I use my phone and Google calendar, but yeah, you've, uh, you got me beat by a long shot there. Well, so, and it's, yeah. yeah, and it's not even being beat. It's what works right like for yeah. me. I, I need those constant reminders. Um, and as I got, have gotten older and after I had the, the dreaded, um, C word in 2020, my brain just doesn't work like it used to. Mm. 
And so I find little things sometimes slipping through the cracks and that frustrates me um, a lot. And so I'm trying to figure out what are ways that I can try to stay on task. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot going on. I'm going to give you, uh, defend you that we have way more going on than previous generations. Uh, so there's so much more content coming at us. I have people missing meetings who are half my age saying the same thing that I say when I miss a meeting. It's like, oh my God, I can't believe I missed this meeting. <laughs> yeah. So it happens. It's just that we're all consumed and, you know, it's not the end of the world. You know, I, years ago, I used to be very judgmental about someone missing a meeting or if I missed a meeting, I knew I didn't stand a chance at an account or an opportunity if I skipped out on a meeting. I think people are more forgiving today. Um, I know I am and people have forgiven me and it's like, yeah, no problem. I do the same thing. I cannot not forgive you because others have forgiven me is what people have said. So it's interesting, but I, yeah, I'm one that is a free spirit. So I, I struggle with a calendar, but it's there generally. The important things are there. My priorities are there. And I make sure that during the meaty part of the day, I'm doing stuff that I know must get done because if I'm doing that late afternoon or evening, it's not getting done. That's where yeah. I go brain dead. Yep. And that's, again, it's that self-awareness piece. What I would say here, when people are thinking about tools to assist, ask other people their perception of your time management skills. So we all know people who are habitually 10 to 15 minutes late to everything. Mm. To me, that's a problem. Mm -hmm. Every once in a while, that's okay. To me, that's just lack of planning on their part or being aware of time. And some people just don't have a good sense of time. And they yeah. go, well, that's going to take me 15 minutes. Like, It's not going to take you 15 minutes. That's going to take you like an hour. Mm -hmm. When it does take them an hour, but they've planned their day around 15 minutes. So this is where if you have a tool to assist you, you have to pay attention to it. And if you struggle with this, this is that commitment of getting out of that fixed mindset and being careful of what you say, because you believe it. Well, I'm always late. Well, right. you're going to be always late. Right. Yeah. It's changing the narrative to I'm going to be on time. And then eventually you'll be, I'm on time. And that's where you, you mentally make that a priority of, all right, it's 2024. So this is the message to everybody who's habitually late and there's no excuse for it. Sometimes, occasionally, there's always an excuse for it, but habitually it's just poor planning on your part. That's, I'm just being blunt. And I would say, start to say, how can I be on time in 2024? And like we talked about before with your audit, you'll start to see you can get more things done by taking control of your calendar and being on time. Because just like it's frustrating when you go to the doctor and they have 15 minute slots during the day and they cram in six or seven slots, 
what happens to everybody else? Everybody right. gets pushed down and nobody likes the feeling of that. So if you're feeling anxious, look at your time, do those audits and use a calendar like this that we're talking about to give yourself clarity around where the problem areas are. It's great stuff, Jeff. So the last, I think this is the last slide. So the bad news is time flies. The good news is you're the pilot. Mm -hmm. And I like that one because again, it's all about control. It's about being intentional with your time and knowing that you can control your day if you make that decision. Yeah. Any, any parting thoughts? Yeah. I mean, it's uh, super helpful. It's interesting to see your perspective on it. I definitely have been influenced by what you're doing. It's got me thinking about the paper calendar a little bit, because I know there's benefits to handwriting things down um, where there's more intentionality and it's better for your memory. It gives you a chance to reflect on it while you're writing it down versus the typing is always a little bit different. So Good stuff. Yeah. Well, thanks for hopping on here. And anybody who is listening and watching, we appreciate your attendance as well. And if you need anything, you can always reach out to me, Jeff Forrester, or him, Harry Spate. All right. Great stuff. Thanks, everybody. All right. Good stuff. Thanks.